Look up there in the sky. It's a bird. A plane. It's Handsome Boys Comics Hour. Those boys are so handsome. One artist. One weekly discussion of comics and nerd culture. I'm your host, Robbie Dorman, literature geek and writer. And I'm your other host, Eric Z. Goodnight, professional artist and illustration nerd. And we are the Handsome Boys Comics Hour, your home for news, reviews, slightly antagonistic banter, and much, much more. Eric did not fall for my trap. I don't see any traps. You didn't read. You weren't reading. Oh, I see it now. You weren't reading. You were just going from memory. Yeah, I was. I, I am a cutie, though. I know. I really want to. I you. wish... Do you want to do you want to stop and re-record it, and I'll do cutie in a little in a little voice for you? No, it has to be natural. I can make it natural. I can make it whatever you want it to be. <laughs> I'm gonna keep that keep that that little eight second clip. Mm-hmm. And then then make another hip hop with it. Yep. Right. 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 <laughs> hey, handsomeites. I hope you guys enjoyed that that bit of real talk there. It's all real talk here. We don't do fake it's talk. No, I, I don't think we do. I, I, I keep it one all, all, all the all the times I put my foot in my mouth, there's that's pretty fucking real. Yeah, when we say stupid things, <laughs> that's especially real. That's the realest. That's as real as it gets. Oh yeah. That's in a hardcore song I once liked. Okay. Yeah. I don't really like it anymore. Uh, that's not my, you we know are, what I do like. What do you like? Comic books. Ooh, I knew you were gonna say that. Of course. Of course. This, this is a show about comic books. It is. We do, that we do together. We do, we do do that. <sighs> do do. <laughs> why don't we, why don't we, what, what are, what are we, what are we doing today? What do we got? We are reading our second, second chunk of Grant Morrison's and company New X-Men, specifically when issues 134 through 145. We are, uh, gonna, and gonna, we're gonna just, and we're gonna talk about comics that came out this week. And that's the first thing we actually. Mm-hmm. Did you know that? I had somehow forgotten. It is yes, that is the first thing we do. As part of the charade. <laughs> it is time for weekly floppies. Goodness. Goodness gracious. <laughs> weekly floppies this is the part of the show where Eric and I will read a selection of this week's books, tell you to buy or do not buy them. Um we're smart fellas. Or I mean if and there, it even works in opposite. Like if you don't like us, just do the opposite of what we say. Yeah. It, it, so it works out either way. Uh, we also have a couple extra issues we're looking at this week. We'll just discuss. I don't. I don't know if we're gonna go in depth because you can't. I don't think you can go to your local comic book store and pick these up. It'd be amazing if you could. <laughs> Maybe. Well, if you live uh, in Idaho, it's a yeah. it's a possibility. But uh, a fan, Izzy, uh, Izzy sent us a couple of comic books each. Uh, local comic books to to Idaho, where he's from. Uh, he even sent us a few pictures on Twitter from the comic con in Boise. I guess was this weekend. Yeah, he met. Uh, oh, what's her name that does Shutter? Layla Duduka? Yes. Yes. Which, kind of jealous, actually. Um, yeah. I, 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 well, we can talk about the first, fir, first one's first. I wrote, well, I wrote, I wrote them in an order, so we'll go in that order. You like that, Eric? Uh, it seems logical enough. Uh, the first one is called Push. Number two. Uh, it is a, <laughs> it actually, it reminds me of the, uh, that, uh, Garth Ennis comic that we just read in DC. Yes. Yes. It totally, it totally reminds me of, uh, What's his name? Six Pack. What was it called? Section Eight. Sec- yes. It, it reminds me a lot of Section Eight as well. Violent and and, uh, and gross. 
And yes, definitely violent and gross. It's a very kind of kind of makes me think of like the auteur and weird shit like that. Yes, very strange, very comics with an X inspired. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's not. It's not like it's got some naive drawing in it, but it's not like it's badly drawn. That's kind of I think the whole gem of this is like, oh, I like I like looking at all this insane shit. Yeah, I. That's, that's, that's kind of the gem of this. Yeah, I'm, and I'm always for uh, people making comics, their own comics. That's a very mm-hmm. cool thing. Uh, and I don't think I like. I wasn't a big fan of Section Eight, yeah. but I'm glad that it existed. Yes, I'm similar. I feel similarly about this. Where there's people who like this kind of thing. Mm-hmm. It's not me, but I don't. I'm not gonna go. I'm not gonna harsh their buzz. No, no, I, I agree. I'm not overly, uh, wild about this sort of style of comic either, but it does, I mean, you know, I would probably have an interesting conversation with this person. I bet this person likes Robert Williams an awful lot. Can you remember the last time I talked about Robert Williams? No. Lowbrow artist, um, I don't know, probably maybe late seventies, eighties. He's kind of like falls in with that rat think crowd. Right. This artist probably likes Rat Fink a lot as well. I mean, I really like, I really enjoy, uh, lowbrow art, but I still, I still couldn't see myself going out of the way to own a book like this. But, you know, for what it is, I do enjoy the illustration. And I, uh, I don't have, very, very bizarre. Yeah, I don't have a website or anything for them. It's on, they use Blam. I don't know if Blam actually elects. Be nice if they did. Like if they kept on record that comics they published, but I don't know if they do. Um, I, I I did not spot a website anywhere in here. It's called Push. Mm-hmm. It's in Idaho. So if you guys use, can I try to Google it? I cannot find it. Uh, the other comic we have is a uh, Tarzan in the comics of Idaho number one. Um, this is a basically a uh, we'll see. Published by Idaho Comics Group Inc., which is at idahocomicsgroupinc.tumblr.com. It's also, they have a Facebook page as well. Uh, it's to support, uh, li- Idaho libraries and to, uh, I don't get attention to creators from Idaho. Mm-hmm. And I actually enjoyed this, uh, quite a bit. I liked all the little, the different little comics and stories. Like, there's not one of them. There's a, a like a fun luchador thing with Char- by Charles Soule. I, I did enjoy that quite a lot. I want to read more of that. Art and uh, Alan Gladfelter is the artist, but there's a lot of people in here who have done have been doing comic art for a long time. I, I, you know, there's I think ups and downs. I don't think all of them are amazing, but I altogether I think it's it's a fun book. It's you know it has a lots of little tiny stories. They're all very very different with different styles and humor. And I am particularly interested about this story about the football player. Mm-hmm. If this is I want to say this is like sincere, the My Blue Heaven story, mm-hmm. where it becomes like angels in the football field story, mm-hmm. where this guy is a, a ghost. He's playing ghost football. I'm not sure if that's. I thought it was kind of funny. That's probably mean of me, mm-hmm. but I just can't get behind the. I just can't get past the guy and little angel wings swatting a guy's swatting a football out of a quarterback's hand. But that isn't based on a true story, so I, I shouldn't be too mean. I well, it's not. No, no, it is. It is based on a true story. That's what I'm saying. I mean, there really was a guy, and then he became an angel and playful. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's that's what I believed. <laughs> but I like, and I like, uh, you know, sporting libraries. Mm-hmm. It's good. That's a good. Yeah, thing. that that did make my heart glad. We know librarians. Mm-hmm. We we saw a couple of them last night, didn't we? We did. Yep. 
library people. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. But thank you, Izzy, again for sending us these comics. I like I. It's kind of and it makes me think about just seeing this and how like all these little tiny comic scenes are everywhere, like all making their own things. It's it's kind of staggering, isn't it? Yeah. But, uh, you know, it's always nice to see kind of, you don't really see that stuff in, like, the, the self-published stuff unless you go to cons all the time and actually, like, because it's hard to, there's so much on the market already, it's hard to find it. But, again, that's, uh, thank you again. Easy. Uh, let's see, that, in the, the Idaho Comics Group, Inc.tumblr.com was their, their website again if you'd like to check them out and probably be able to, I, I'm not sure if they have a, you, I think you order them, I'm not sure. You can, uh, you, you send them a potato and they, Send you back comics. Is that how that works? They're trying. I think they're trying to fight that. That how uh, how hard do they roll their eyes when uh, people mention potatoes? Yeah, when you send them a potato joke. I don't know. Izzy, let us know about how. Tell me. Yeah, tell me if your eyes hurt. How you feel about potato jokes? You're the only person. <laughs> the only person from Idaho I know. Uh, let's see. On to uh, our 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 regular books of the week. Your, your regular scheduled program. Regular scheduled program. Just I can't talk. I just I didn't say that correctly. That's if you don't need to. It's only, it's only the radio. They'll they'll get other sensory information. Uh, first up, we are reading Aquaman number forty three. Apparently, we missed one in somewhere, Eric. I don't know how. I look at these dang things every week. <laughs> dang. But come on, there we go. Uh, written by Colin Bunn, art Trevor McCarthy and Jesus Marino, Guy Major on colors, Tom Napolitano, Tom Napolitano on letters. Guy, Guy Major or Guy Major? I think we talk about this every time we, I say his name. Guy Major is the American way. Mm-hmm. Which is the correct way. <laughs> so it, it doesn't even matter. It doesn't matter if he's French is all get out. It's, it, it's still wrong. Uh, but this is continuing, uh, Aquaman fighting, uh, weird monster guys. Mm-hmm. And he's got street sharks on his team. <laughs> <He does. laughs> yes, he's, he's pairing up with some of his villains. And yeah, they're, they're they're jawsome. Jumping a garbage can. Well, Rob fucking broke Robbie. Stupid Gar- jawsome. That, that's dumb. what they say. I know that's what they say. It does not make it any better. It's, it's okay. Let's move on. I'm gonna ignore your hatred of, the st- of street sharks. Street sharks are terrible. Terribly great. <laughs> but he is fighting monsters now. He has street sharks on his team, like Eric says. Uh, he mm-hmm. also has the uh, uh, powers of Poseidon. And he's fighting the thing from uh, Shadow of the Colossus. Yeah, I was gonna say uh, it's like uh, Iron Giant almost, but uh, that the uh, Shadow of the Colossus is probably a little bit closer. It's probably stone, it looks, not metal. It, it, it looks just like the first boss in Shadow of the Colossus. He did not have to ascend it though to kill it. He just summoned a squid. Yep, a giant squid. He uh, had an, a, a squid ascend it. I, Are you I, expecting a joke there? I'm just trying. I'm trying to parse that out. Yeah, I. I Squid Ascension. Yeah, Squid Ascension. But uh I just I, I'm just ruining you with everything I say. I, I'm baffled. Uh <laughs> What do you think, Eric? Where are you? I know you like the I know you're you like the the first one we read and I is... do. I like Colin Bunn. I'm a little lukewarm on this issue just simply because it doesn't feel like I mean it's it's good poppy action scenes. I'm kind of over the then now. Mm, yeah. If he's been doing that since issue one, and this is like the third mm-hmm. in the arc, I think it's getting a little tired. But I mean, it's it's Cohen Bun. He's hitting all the right notes, and I think we we basically said that you know nothing about it's really groundbreaking, but it feels like competent 
it's really beautifully drawn. Like I enjoy this artwork thoroughly. It's it's good action scenes, well drawn and well designed characters. I mean, it's a it's a solid comic book, and considering you know my my uh, my deep feelings for Mister Bun, <laughs> I I mean I I hate I would hate to miss it. I think it's wonderful. No, I think he's doing a, I think he's doing a great job, despite the fact that Aquaman is a very vanilla character. Yeah, and I think that's the one thing I would actually nitpick is mm-hmm. that I I'm. Like his voice, like I'm trying, mm-hmm. like I I can't, I never have never had a good grasp on Aquaman's voice, like who he, mm-hmm. but, and this is, I guess, it feels more like kind of a blue collar take on him now that he's not technically the king and all that stuff, and I, I think it's getting, going in that direction, but I, that, I hope that, that's what I want out of this, is that the, the thing that I think would put it over the top is having like more definitively like I this I think that it close against is when he's having the the scene with Poseidon. Mm-hmm. You start the idea because he's you know talking to this this god and he's unsure of himself and you know I that I think that was very interesting and I think you're right about the then and now stuff. I don't yeah. I'm not I don't but I'm I I want more time with these villains. Honestly, yes. that's I. I think that's what we're gonna get as we as we go. And it seems just from the teaser at the last page. But I'm I'm a buy. I'll I'll just say buy. Buy. I'm not. Gonna, yeah. I'm not gonna parse it out. Buy. It's it's worth your money. I think just for the art alone. But it's a bonus that you know. I, I wonder if I don't know. Just so much of the 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 whole ideas of the story are just so bland. But he's handling them very well. So I don't know. I this is this is. This is a standard comic book that I would I would offer to people. I guess uh I guess I would kind of compare it to uh the Man of Paul Buccioletto Batman Batman yeah. stories. Yeah. It's Where... like a stock kind of story, but it's handled well and it looks gorgeous. So I mean, it's a comic book. How can you go wrong with that? Yeah. If uh, if um, if someone goes, "Hey, what's should I be reading this Aquaman?" I'd say, "Yeah, read that Aquaman." Yeah. You read that Aquaman. So that's Double Buy, Aquaman number 43. I can't talk. Uh, next up is Godzilla in Hell, number two. Art and story by Bob Eggleton. Edits by Bobby Kernow. Uh, this is, it, is, go ahead. I was going to say, I didn't realize this was going to be an exquisite corpse comic book that they just hand it from creator to creator. Yeah, that's, I guess that's how it's being told. I mean, it's wacky as hell. Stoko had no, there's no narration, no dialogue at all mm-hmm. in, in his issue. And now this one is like painted, lush, mm-hmm. like classical inspired, like, like a jerk. It's like Dante. Dante's Inferno almost. He posts, yeah, he puts that in there. Yeah. And it, that, uh, that the Gust of Dore, uh, woodcuts of Dante's Inferno. <laughs> That's such a weird thing to do, and it's about Godzilla. <laughs> yeah, and Godzilla's fighting demon versions of all his past foes. Oh, it's so ridiculous. I really like it. I liked Stoko's oh, comic, and I really like this one too. I I think I think just the 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 conceptual like silliness of this it it charms me. I did not particularly care for Godzilla in Hell. I mean, it's it is what it is. It's fine. I, I'm never really big on Godzilla books. I, I mean, I just don't care for it, but this is, this is a nice looking book. This guy can paint, like, for super reels. It's, it's pretty damn nice. And, I don't know. It's stupid as hell and charming. 
No, I mean, it, like, okay, the title is Godzilla in Hell. Mm-hmm. Yes. I mean, if that idea intrigues you, then you've already been sold by this, by this comic. It's, it's fun and good. And if, if you don't like Godzilla and you think Godzilla in Hell is dumb, then you probably aren't gonna want this, but I'm, a, I'm on board. I liked one and two of this. I'm a bye, 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 bye. <laughs> I think I can I, I I can agree with where he's coming from that uh, I am not a Godzilla person. I do not get excited by the, the, the words Godzilla in hell, but this book is still worth buying, still worth looking at. I'm legitimately excited to see where number three is going to go because what is this book? What? <laughs> what? Why does it exist? Well, you know what's going to happen, Eric. What is – tell me. Godzilla is going to end up fighting the devil. And then he wins, mm-hmm. and he becomes Godzilla, Lord of Hell. Okay. Does he, get, <laughs> does he get? Does he get to? Does he get to sit on a throne like Conan and brood? And no, he fight. Then he goes to fight God. Well, I I sure hope so. And then and then and then uh preacher happens. Mm-hmm. And preacher Godzilla, has Godzilla preacher. Preacher has to find find Godzilla God. It's Godzilla. Is it already in his name? Mm-hmm. Okay. Ridiculous. <laughs> Our next comic is Hank Johnson, Asian of Hydra, number one. Did you, did you say that that was a double buy or not? I did I say. Oh, well, I don't know. If it is, if I didn't say it, double buy, Godzilla and Hell, number two. <laughs> Our next comic is Hank Johnson, Asian of Hydra, number one, written by David Mandel, art Michael Walsh, colors Matthew Wilson, letters Clayton Cowles. Uh, this is, uh, I don't, I can't, I couldn't call it the weirdest book coming out of Secret Wars crossovers because Weird World exists. Mm-hmm. Um, but this, is like falling around a suburban dude who just happens to be a henchman for Hydra. It's very, very, you know, Venture Brothers esque. It's absolutely Venture Brothers. Yeah, uh, but you know, set in the Marvel universe with Nick Nick Fury just coming in beating the crap out of people, and then he's like, "They killed! I got punched! I got kicked by Nick Fury today! He killed Gary!" And even like, or Jerry? I'm not sure. Jerry probably. But, you know, you, you, this is, I think, a little bit different from Venture Brothers because it is like this guy is a family and a kid and it's dealing with not even just, uh, you know, him as a dude, but him as like a father and a parent. And it kind of is painted with that Marvel continuity brush because you see them, you know, they have a softball game. Uh, was it against AIM? Who, I forget who the softball game says. Hydra verse. Hydraverse, tiny, J, junior agent, so shield, I guess. Mm, yeah, yeah shield. I was gonna say he was yeah, in yeah. shield. Right, that's correct. Um, it's like, what's it like to work at Hydra? I find this, it was funny and delightful. I enjoyed it. It's very dumb, but still. And I like Venture Brothers, so this is, you know, it's right up that alley. This, it's a, it's kind of a depressing book, though. <laughs> it is, it is really funny, though. There's a lot of really strange gags. He's like, should we tell our kids that Captain America made me pee blood? So that's, that's a really weird thing to say. How his boss is like, I don't know, sexy supervillain lady, and she's like fucking sex, like sexually uh, harassing him mm. at work. It's, it's so strange. <laughs> well, yeah, it is. It is. I I really like the uh, Hydra agent has a mustache. Mm-hmm. The handlebar mustache. Ned Flanders as a Hydra agent. Mm-hmm. I'm a buy. How would you say Hail Hydra in uh, Flanders Ease? Hydaly, Hydaly, Hail Hydraly, Hydra. I don't know. I can't do it. You that kind of spun out of control. I need. To, I need to workshop it. I think so. 
I wish I had more to say about this book. It makes me sad, but I also really like it. <laughs> Sadness is important in life yeah. sometimes. There are 987 marbles in the fishbowl. I want a divorce. <laughs> yep. This book is good. Buy it. Okay. There we go. So that's a double buy. Hank, Hank Johnson, Agent of Hydra, number one. Uh, next up is Shield, number nine. The Man Called Death. Uh, Christ. D-E-A-T-H. <laughs> no, you have to say that every time. Yeah, I know. Uh, written by Mark Wade, Art Lee Ferguson, with additional material by Jack Kirby, Jim Stareko, John Severin, and Stan Lee. Colors by Paul Mounts. Uh, there are also backup stories um, by various creators. Um, the main story uses uh, stuff that is drawn by Jack Kirby that's never been in a comic before. Inked hmm. by inked by Storenko. Hmm. And that's the thing that kind of caught my attention in the solicits. I'm like, oh, okay. That's interesting that they would do that. Um, I thought – and, and I like that this story ties back to the old Jonathan Hickman Shield uh, story, like his title that was called Shield. Um, but that was about the Definci, like it's been, a, it's about the legacy of S.H.I.E.L.D. that you find out about in this story, about mm-hmm. how they've existed for, you know, throughout time. Um, do you like the art that is not Jack Kirby, you know, the, the modern artist, Eric? It's fine. Okay. I guess, I mean, it's, it's not as interesting, in my opinion, it, as, uh, as the Jack Kirby stuff. And I don't know, some of it feels, it has that, empty feeling like a lot of the background yeah. feels empty to me well, i don't think it uh yeah there there's certainly that but it's just sort of bland in general i think this person is relying on their colorist to pick up a little bit too much of the slack it, it, it maybe it's that it's rushed but it's it is very very bland at least this first story is the uh the the backup story feels like it's got a little bit more life to it yeah, you're you're right about that. Where we have zombie shield, mm-hmm. yeah, and dumb dumb Dugan. Yeah, as a as a, a I, I really like the art in this. It's it's, it's excellent, actually. It reminds me of uh, Joe Madera. I like it way better than Joe Madera. I see what I see your comparison, but I like it much much more. Oh, it's, it's, it's uh, Stefano Caselli. I should realize that. Yeah, I I I we we need to read. Uh, Secret Warriors. If it's drawn like this, I definitely want to. Yeah, it's Stefano Caselli, and it's it's about the history of Shield. Okay. It's about it has Nick Fury and Tickman. I like the sound of this. Yeah, yeah it's good, and the, the backup story is good. It's it's fun. I I don't I don't dislike the uh, the uh, the main story. Mm-hmm. It's okay. I don't. I think it's it pales in comparison to this backup story. And then they have the first appearance of Shield in Marvel Comics, also reprinted, mm-hmm. which I actually own that comic book. Nerd. I know Strange Tales one thirty five. Um, but overall, I'm a buy. I I I think it has a lot to go. For. Like the like the backup story is good. I like the main story. I like the tying all the the kind of that stuff that happened in that weird one miniseries that Hickman don't think it ever finished is <laughs> is ever is is in this. I, I'm I, every single issue of this I've we picked up I've enjoyed and this is no exception I I do think the main story would have benefited from a different artist but aside from that I am a buy. Yeah, it's a it's an it's a nice little comic. You certainly uh, you certainly get enough stuff to read in it. Yes. Is that yeah. A, yep. So, 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 of course it is, Mister Mister Technicality. 
Shield. Can always just for hours. Shield. That's Shield. Number nine. Agents of Shield. Shield. Not S H I E L D. I yes, that double by. And from D E A T H. Yep, exactly. Okay, our last book of the week is They're Not Like Us. Number seven. Story: Eric Stevenson, art: Simon Gain. I'm guessing. Colors by Jordi Belair. Phonographics doing letters. Uh, I saw that a trade of this was coming out, so that the first arc had been completed. I foolishly assumed that we could just pick up a number seven. We cannot. We cannot. Nope, this is very opaque. I have, yeah, I know what the character, I know who, like, their names, cause they do do that. They do they give you their- a million times. They, you, you get their names, you get the, they've been, they were in a hospital of some sort. Mm-hmm. Um, some situation where some guy did a thing, and, and then I don't know what's happening. He was bad. Blood, blood shoots out of my nose. Yeah. Uh. How? Okay. We can speak. How do you like the art? I, 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 I enjoy the art. It, it, it's, it makes me think of of Paul Pope. It's not quite as loose or energetic as that, but it's, it, it's, uh, I, I, I think it's all. It's that level of drawing. It's really nice. And it all works together really well. Yeah, it, it looks good. It keeps good. making me think of, uh, I, I keep thinking of Battling Boy and Aurora West, partly because of the, the, the color. Although I think Battling Boy is more garish than this. It's like, it's like toned down version of that, I suppose. Yeah, this is more set in a mm-hmm. relatively realistic world. So I, that explains that, but, I do, I don't know what was happening. I couldn't follow. I, I don't know where they are. What happened in this first six issues? I had assumed, like an idiot, that maybe we could pick up on it. Uh, I I I I don't know. I, I I feel bad saying do not buy because there's nothing about it that makes this like, hey, this is a bad comic. Well, I I'm I'm confident about what I'm gonna say. You want me to say it? You say it. Okay. This is a terrible place to start. It is. An absolutely terrible place to start. Do not start with this book. It does make me want to read everything else leading up to this point. Yes. And I, and I, we very may well eventually, but I don't. I think, I, I honestly think we should. I, I enjoyed it that much, but I'm like, what the, what is this shit? Who are these people? Nothing is explained. I'm like, is there a recap page? No, there's nothing. And, I am just lost, lost, lost. But it it does. I do come away from it thinking I have to. I want to read one through six. So do not buy. I'll say this: do not buy number seven if it's your first one. Mm-hmm. Go back and buy number one, which I probably will do because it's probably on. It's probably down to two dollars on Comicsology at this point, and start from there. And it, I mean, it all signs point to yes, but it's hard to say. So. Double do not buy-ish? Do not, yeah. yeah. You get it. You understand. There's, 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 there are caveats there. Yeah. What is with these modern comics, Eric? You pick up number seven and you can't even follow along. It's just. I know. I just want to see Superman with a lion's head and that's it. (laughs) Uh, did you read any other, anything else this week? Uh, yes, I read, uh, Push number two. Oh, oh. <laughs> Tarzan. Tarzan and the comics of my life. Okay. But nothing else. Nothing we haven't discussed. Uh, well, I, I, Little Bird told me we're going to discuss new X-Men later. Uh, any other single issues? <laughs> 
the answer to the question that you're asking is no. Okay, okay. <laughs> then, then we'll move on to our next segment. I'll stop being insufferable. Our next segment is checking in. Checking in as part of the show, Eric and I will discuss uh, what we've been up to during the week or uh, or what we've been doing, what we've been playing, listening to, seeing, arc welding. I haven't done any arc welding. Oh, okay. Well, if we had, we could, uh, this is where we would discuss that. Seems like a good enough thing to do. What do you want to talk about, Eric? Certainly not arc welding. When did you, when did you do arc welding? I didn't do any arc welding. I just, you know, I just throw it out there that it's a possibility. Okay. I'd probably find someone to teach me. I probably could too, honestly. Okay. Well, this is exciting. We'll, uh, we'll, we'll weld something. It'll be hilarious. We'll set ourselves on fire. Mm. What have you been doing this week, Eric? I saw a gentleman do a, a comedy show. Oh, did you? <laughs> you don't have it on the thing. <laughs> we went together. I assumed you would talk about it, so. Right. Well, we saw Mr. Patton Oswalt. We did. Mm-hmm. Or fun. Stump Hammer to his friends. Bilbo Baggins? He is, he, he looks just like a Bilbo Baggins, doesn't he? He does. Especially yeah. from, uh, we, especially when you're very high up. I couldn't believe, I couldn't believe that, that he looked like a, like a Muppet. It didn't look like a real person. I, I believe when he walked out, I said to you, I can't, I can't believe that's him. He looks like an Ewok. <laughs> yes, that is what you said. <laughs> I don't know. He's such a, a, a bizarre and I don't know. I, He's unlikely. I can't believe he exists. But it was a it was a fun show. I yeah. can't believe all the crap that he just comes up with. I can't believe he improvs all that stuff and it was that funny. All the crowd work? Yeah, just making or not even making fun of because I don't think he really even shamed people that much. <laughs> he called that guy Howard Sin. <laughs> he did. <laughs> God damn. No, it was it was fun. I uh I haven't seen a lot of uh a lot of comedy. You know, I have it, it. It's a weird experience. If how many shows have you been to? You've been to Louis C.K. I know. Yeah. What else? To Who live, else? Live live comedy. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I mean, I'm not going to count comedy albums. I'm, what about podcasts? Those are no, that, those are that comedy. Doesn't, that doesn't count. Ha ha. Just calm down. I delight myself. I uh, I don't think I've been to. Any other comedy shows? Just, just those two? Yeah, I don't really go. I'm going. I'm, I'm seeing John Hodgman uh, soon. Oh man, that's that's exciting. And John Hodgman and Doug Benson. I'm going to see both of them separately. So. Very cool. That's that's exciting. I've seen Brian Posehn and Jamie Kilstein. So that's I I don't know. It's like a really it's like a weird thing. You know, it's a strange thing to like sit and watch one guy talk at you for a couple of hours. It's a really weird art form. I think. Yeah. It is. I, but I enjoyed myself. I enjoyed myself more than I thought I would, honestly. And then I think it's weird you didn't think you were going to enjoy yourself. No, I didn't. It's not that I don't think I would enjoy myself. I went because everyone I knew was going. Oh yeah, I it was well like go. right. It was kind of like the this year's like big social event. Like how I missed Louis C.K. last year, or was it the year before that? When was it? Might have been even two or th- might have been three years ago. Honestly, I think I think you're right because this is back when. Hell, it was when you guys lived in Orlando that last time. Yeah, exactly. It was in your, I, I remember talking to you about it in your old place. Jesus. Yeah. So I and I mean I'm like I've kind of gotten lukewarm on Patton Oswald over the years. I used to like him a lot. Now I just I'm like he's fine. 
I, I just, but he, uh, did a really good job. Did a, a great live show. I thought it was really funny. Um, he still stands among my favorite comedians. I think he's incredibly talented, whether his newer albums are like, I don't know that anything is ever going to quite top feeling kind of patent for me, which was my first comedy album of his that I ever heard. But I still like just sort of admire his talent. He's like really sharp and still like one of the, like at the top of his game. You know, you, you, you people can't hold a candle to him. No, he's a very it's, good comedian. He, he's like a, he's his craft. Expert, yeah. He's very good. Absolutely, yeah. absolutely. I mean, it's, uh, it's clear, you know, that he's been doing it for so long that he's you know, very learned and studied at just being in front of many people and telling jokes and doing a very good job and thinking on his feet and all that stuff. I love that he told his Florida joke too. That I, like almost all that stuff was new material and that one was off his last album. I think he just told it because he was in Florida. So yeah, yeah. yeah. Might as well bring it out. Like I have to, I have to tell you people that you live on a nutsack. I very much appreciate that. Patton Oswalt. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was good. Had Chinese food. It was delightful. Patton Oswalt did not serve as Chinese food. No, we had, sep- we had we had Chinese food separate, independently. Yes, that was a separate event. Do you have any robot updates for us? Oh, not really. Okay. I did I did manage to fix something, but it would be boring to talk about. You told me. Did at, I? At Patton Oswalt. Okay. Well, I can't believe I told you that. I you probably understood none of it. I think you told unless you told me something else that you fixed. Oh yeah, that the that the software was being disconnected by Twitter. Yes. That I fi- I finally Managed it to make a log file so I could read it and figure out why it was not working anymore. Anyway, that's neither here nor there. Um, what I wanted to talk about is a new show on the Netflix. Uh oh, new that you, need to, that you need to watch. Yeah, it's new. Mm-mm. What is apparently, it? Apparently, apparently very new. It's called Narcos. Okay, I've I've seen advertisements for it. Yeah, it's about it is about the cocaine smugglers in the eighties. It's awesome. <laughs> I really like it. I, I, uh, have you ever seen Cocaine Cowboys? Uh-uh. It's a documentary about that. I will certainly watch it. It's very good. They've actually, sure they actually made a sequel to it, but I haven't seen the sequel. The original, I've seen it a couple times. It's very compelling about all of those people. And actually, if they did a show that is involving that time period and that stuff, I'd actually check that out because that's, is it, is it like following? Is it like a ensemble cast, or you following yeah. one? Guy? Okay. No, there, there's a. I mean, you're you you are following like there's one character that you follow, um, and he's like the 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 white DEA agent. Okay. Um, but like every all the, everyone is obviously based on real people from the story of like the DEA versus Pablo Escobar, and it's friggin' fascinating. All the actors are amazing. 90% of the show is in Spanish, which is great, honestly. I, if this, if this whole thing was like in English with a Spanish accent, I think I would vomit. (laughs) But it's, it's very, it's very good. Uh, I have been working so much that I have managed to fall asleep in two of the four episodes I've watched, but it's, it's very good. It's, uh, it's right on up there with, uh, you know, your, your high level Netflix created content. So I, I recommend it. Okay. I'll put it on the, the long list of shows you've told me to watch that mm-hmm. I haven't watched yet. That you, that you will never watch. No, I'll watch them some point. I'm going to start. I think I'm going to try and start exercising and I'll probably watch it while I do cardio or something. Watch, start on the backlog, I suppose. It's more, ac- more accurate. 
You know that'll just make you hate these shows, right? Mm-hmm. I don't work out that hard. <laughs> That's probably good. <laughs> Yeah, I, you know, light sweat. So, yeah. yeah, that's 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 what you need. Hug your body, Robbie. Hug it. Hug it. Okay. Now that's what? That's what Chris Hardwick says. Oh, okay. I know that guy. Yeah, that guy. Him, host of everything. Him. Host of stuff. W- would you like me to talk about things now? Nah, I'm just gonna go take a nap. All right. I haven't slept in a week. In one week. In one week. It's a long time. You should probably sleep. Why don't you tell me about about what's been popping up in uh? In my in my Steam uh, system update there. Okay. Uh, friends post. I do have a game that I'm, <laughs> I'm crazy <laughs> that I've been playing. I also have a podcast. Well, I'll start off with the game because you did. Because you, I set you up for it. You set me up. Uh, it, it, it is a horror game. It is an early access. came out this week on early access. I think it's $9 as we speak. It is called Layers of Fear. It is, uh, you are, as far as I can tell, because it's none of this is it like it is very much it feels kind of like gone home and that you're just kind of walking around a house but this is obviously a horror game so there's jump scares and there's creepy stuff and there's you know gory stuff but you're not like fighting it you're not running from it you're just opening doors you're investigating a house you're kind of figuring out who you are and what happened you are as far as i can know a painter who probably has gone crazy uh you had a family don't you're not sure what happened to him you kind of figure it out as you go. Uh, it's not it's not done. It is an early access. I I went through the entire all the gameplay in like two hours. To, I finished it today. Um, but it's eventually like I from what I can tell, that's probably going to be about half the game by the time it's done. Like you, there's at a certain point you get like a sort of evidence of your progression, and it looks like it's probably be a two to like four to five hour game probably by the time it's finished. Um, it is really good at creating atmosphere and tension. Uh, it looks really nice. It uses a lot of classical art and like, and, and from different eras. I mean, I'm not an art historian, but, uh, uses them really effectively. And, you know, the, 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 you know, it's not all just like boom, 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 like jump scare, jump scare, jump scare, jump scare. Like it really, it spaces things out to give you like to create tension, then and then to kind of dispel it, and then create tension. You know, and it's it's really well done. I I think it's worth the nine dollars, especially you're gonna eventually get a whole game. I, and I, you know, when an early access game actually looks like it has like it's doing something, uh, I'm. This is this is the game that's sort of the spiritual successor to the Hideo Kojima game that was canceled, isn't it? To uh, what PT? Yeah. I'm not sure. I, if it is, that doesn't this surprise is what people me. Are, I think that's what Dave Tack called it on uh, uh, Minimap. I well, believe this is the game he was talking about. It 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 seems to be hitting all the right notes, and it, it does look it does look kind of amazing. I don't do you like horror games at all, Eric. I typically don't like horror anything, but this game looks really interesting. It is, and I, the thing that interests me the most about it is the fact that the the, the paintings and mm-hmm. it really does like it's a haunted house. You're exploring a haunted house, and it's yeah. really it's, like it's really smart. The d- design I've seen so far is really it really plays off your expectations of what you're going to get. It doesn't doesn't let you settle into anything. You're like, oh, I know how this room's gonna work out, and you're like, oh, it didn't work out like that way. Something else happened, which is good. Always being surprised is really good. Nine dollars. I mean, it. You know, if you're not a person who likes early access games, it looks like it should be ready probably into this year. 
maybe it'll be done, but who knows. But for $9, I feel like I got my money's worth, knowing that it'll be done whenever, and then uh, the rest of the story. I'm intrigued how with what how the story goes. It seems improbable that this house would have Lady with an Ermine inside it. I don't that's know. Their, that's probably in the Louvre or something. It might be a replica. I, I mean, that... I guess. Or this guy's crazy and he's just seeing all these paintings and they're not really there. Sure. Which is entirely plausible having I played. Think that's what that painting's called. I don't know. I, I could, I recognize some of them, but I do not know any of the titles. It is called Lady with an Ermine. Okay. And it's, it's a Da Vinci. It is, I would not have known this. It is in Wobble Castle, Krakow. Wow. I don't know that that's a place in Poland. Yeah. Hmm. There you go. Um, other thing I'm going to talk about. Is a podcast, a very popular podcast, uh, which I am always hesitant to jump on board the, lo- the the newest, look at this great podcast, you should listen to it. It has people talking and like, you know, tones. Is it, is it, is it serial? It is not serial. It is a, it's called Mystery Show. It is not a, it's not a serious type show for the most part. Mm-hmm. It's not like, there's no murderers. It's the mysteries, you know, every single episode have, has a new mystery. And the mystery does not have to be something grand and, and, and grandiose or some, you know, deep meaning or anything. Like literally one episode is how tall is Jake Gyllenhaal? <laughs> because it's like, it varies wildly to what his actual height is. And they actually get Jake Gyllenhaal on the phone to end the episode. And he, and he lays it out. Uh, and it's really, it's actually really delightful. Well, the one I actually want to mention to you specifically, cause it reminded of conversations we've, I've had with you, mm-hmm. is a, it's about a, a lunchbox. A lunchbox, uh, an old lunchbox from like maybe the seventies or eighties, uh, that had a, it was a welcome back Cotter lunchbox that had, mm-hmm. had a little skit painted on the, the lunchbox, you know, like they did. Uh, and they're trying to figure out if that ever actually happened on the show. Or if, and in doing that, they kind of traced it back to where these lunchboxes were created and to the stories, the story of the guy who created that lunchbox and many, many, many others. And about him as a person, he, and about, like, he's passed at this point, but they have co-workers of his who painted lunchboxes with him and, like, they tell stories about him and how he, like, it, it reminded me of the conversations we've had about art versus craft. Like, mm-hmm. people see it, like, you know, People who do quote unquote work that is, that involves their art, but they don't necessarily relic, describe it as art. You know, they describe it as just work that uses these skills they have, but they don't use it, they don't want to describe it as creative or something. And this remind, it reminded me because this guy's painting lunchboxes with brands. You know, he's using, you know, he's making like, welcome back Cotter lunchboxes and other, uh, assumedly other television shows and movies of the time. But the way he talks about how, like, how, how much enjoyment of he, how he lucky he felt to have this job where he could you know paint lunch boxes all day design lunch boxes like and the way that people talk about him and and how it involved and like there's another even in that same episode they have a story about a guy who worked for welcome back hotter he has a story about phil specter keeping him kidnapped and phil, phil specter kidnapped him in his house for like three four hours <laughs> like it's just and it's just like you know it's just interesting to see the paths they go to get to the end of the show, but it's a, it's a, if you're not already listening to it, definitely check out Mystery Show. It's a, it's a lot of fun. It was completely not on my radar. Very strange. It's, uh, by the Gimlet people. If you're familiar with that production. I am, uh, I am not. I, I have heard of Startup, but I didn't particularly enjoy it. That was by Gimlet. 
Yeah, let's. Yeah. I'm looking at their. I'm looking at their page ah, to okay. see what they're all about, and I'm describing one of the things that they do, and you're misunderstanding that. Yep. And now I'm talking about it. Yep. But that's... Oh my god, a goat. <laughs> um, but that's what I got. Things. Neat. Neat. This is super weird. What is? I'm just looking. I I don't know. I'm just looking at Gimlet. Okay. Because of course I am. So how are we doing there, Robbie? We're doing okay. I'm trying to find yeah. the issue of New X-Men we're start starting with. It's a good enough thing to look at next. I, don't know, I can't cuddle you. We'll have to talk about comic books. <laughs> that is true. It is time, once again, for our final segment. It's time for Nerd Boy Book Club. Nerd Boy Book Club is the part show Eric and I will assign longer collected work, uh, discuss it in depth like you would a book club. Uh, this week we are in our second portion of Grant Morrison's new X-Men run. Well, numbers 134 through 145. I think it's Riot at Xavier. Um, what's the murder? Is it Murder at the Mansion? What's the name of the, uh, the second? Murder at the Mansion and Assault on Weapon Plus. Those three arcs. Volumes four and five of the trade paperbacks. Uh, let's see, our artists on this are let's see, Frank Quitely, Juan Jimenez, and uh, Chris, ba- Chris Bachelot are the, the three big ones I could remember. Am I missing someone? That, have I forgotten anyone by your memory, Eric? Not in particular. I don't. I can't think of anyone else that drew anything. There probably was one or two in there. Um, what do you, broad strokes. More, do you like this more or less than the stuff we read last week? I, uh, it's, it's just sort of more of the same. Yeah. I like. I like that he keeps introducing these weird characters. Like, first issue, I did not think I was going to enjoy it as much as I did. I, I enjoy, I enjoy Quentin's backstory. I really enjoy, um, the Stepford Cuckoos, and it's, that is, I did not expect that to happen. (laughs) (laughs) I, uh, I don't know, man. I'm, I'm liking this way more than I was ever expecting. It's, it's, I can imagine a lot of people were turned off by this because the characters are all ugly and unappealing, but these are excellent comic books. I don't know. I think it, I think X-Men needs this ugly. It doesn't work otherwise. No, I agree. And I think that's honestly like a really good part about this. And, uh, I, you can see this in, I mean, there's, you see a lot of Phantom X in this and we see the first of the world, which we saw in Uncanny X-Force later on, which we've read on this podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, one of the things I really like about Bendis' run that he's just concluding is the fact he included all these, like, little, these young kid X-Men that are incompetent. The, the loser characters. Yeah. And I, it's the same thing in here where you get Zorn and his misfits. Mm-hmm. The, the bad news bears X-Men. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> with with Angel and Beak and their kids. So weird. And yeah, kind of gross. They're 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 little strange fly bird babies that are born in two weeks. Yeah. Um Who is it they're dressed up as? Who? The striped uh sweater vests that they're all wearing. Who is it they're dressed up as? They're is it um pr- is it Sen- Sentinel guy? I can't think of his stupid name. Bolivar Trask? Yeah, is it, is it Bolivar Trask? I think it, from what I understand is that it was propaganda that Bolivar Trask created to anti-mutant propaganda. Mm-hmm. And they are dressing like people in it. 
like the character. Uh, I, that is what I gathered. Although it's never, you, I, that's just from description. You never actually see real clearly what the picture of what they're looking at. You it makes it. a lot of sense. Quentin, Quentin strikes me more as, uh, like a local performance artist than, than a superhero. Yeah. I like Quentin he, quite a lot. I do too. He's really fascinating. The, the, the characters that aren't about punching people in the face. I, I don't know. The, the characters that you have to write smart, I think, are the, I don't know, usually my favorite characters. Yeah, it, it, it's, he's, and he's still around, and like, that's, I think, another, like, a lot of these, him especially, I think, of all the young X-Men, him and the, cu- and the Cuckoos probably mm-hmm. are the ones of the, the of this run, those, uh, the, the, those, him and, and the girls are the ones that have stuck around and are, Still, you know, very integral kind of to the younger X-Men groups. And Quentin Quire has come, I think he has even come back around to being, like he's, like he was this rebellious character for a long time. Mm-hmm. And now he's kind of come back around to being anti-rebellion in a certain weird way. Like in a re- he's rebelling against his own rebel- uh, re- rebellious nature. So does he have an Xavier Was Right shirt now? Um, I forget. They did, they played off that a lot. Uh, they, I know that that shirt is still huge. Yeah, Magneto's right still is around, but then they made a Cyclops' right shirt because mm-hmm. of Bendis using that in his uh, in his early Uncanny X Men run, and then there there have been other variations on it. I forget they did do have Quentin. They had Quentin wear something that was a take on it. I forget what it was exactly though. Although Magneto's right still is a shirt that sells. People still really like that. Mm-hmm. I mean, you have to you have to kill all humans. Kill all humans. It's really important. Hey, sexy baby, wanna kill all humans? Probably got that quote wrong. Yeah. Shame myself. I got the idea of it. I know. Yeah. What you, I know what you're going for. Yeah. Um, what do you still think? got it wrong though? That's uh, what's important. <laughs> Technically correct. Yes. That's kind of correct. Uh, what do you? Th- I, I mentioned the artists. What do you think about like the 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 from going from like Frank Quitely to Jimenez to Bacalo or Bachelo? I think it's Bachelo. <sighs> It's weird and it's jarring and they all handle the characters relatively well. I mean, it, it's impressive that it hangs together as good as it does. I really dislike the art on the, uh, the Phantom X story. Yeah. The, yeah. The, the Chris Bocciolo stuff. Yeah. It's not, he's, he has even done, he's been, he did some of the Bendish run too, but he, he has, uh-huh. he's progressed as an artist in the intervening years. I think he, his style is similar, but I think he's, you know, obviously he's gotten older and, Worked harder, worked on it, you know, kind of, I think, made it, it reminds me of, uh, old Button Eyes, um, mm-hmm. can't think of his name. I, I know who you mean, you mean the, the Ramos? Ramos, yes. They, old, it remi- old, old Umberto. Umberto. I rem- it reminds me of Humberto Ramos, which I am mm-hmm. not a fan of. Um, it's still not, I never, I never felt like it was bad, but yeah, it does feel, especially weird coming off of Frank Whiteley and Jimenez. Mm-hmm. Where they are definitely, definitely different styles. <laughs> like the, yeah. the the leap from between those two is a lot shorter than the leap from either of them to Bachelor. It It's and that, I think that is again. I think my main, my biggest criticism about all of this run is the fact that they, you know, you have all these artists and you jump back and forth and back and forth. And it, and there's no continuity between them, and the design and their styles are not similar. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they managed to to. <clears throat> At least draw the the characters consistently enough, and th- their designs are unique enough that you don't get them confused. Yeah, and that's 
that's a good thing. No one is generic, and I guess that's I I guess that is I don't know. It's a good consequence of the fact that everyone is ugly or so striking. It's it's definitely a positive thing. This whole Scott arc is really interesting. I was gonna probably bring him up next, honestly. Yeah. Yeah. It's organic. He yeah. I this is kind of starting like I never liked Cyclops before I read like I read this in Astonishing X Men. The Wa- Joss Whedon's X Men. As soon I read I read Joss Whedon's I read this, I'm like, I like Scott I like Cyclops now. Like he's my I think he's my I don't know, of the core members, he's probably my favorite after I read those. That's what happens when you add complexity and make a character interesting. Yeah. And it kind of makes sense, even like the the fact that he's showing showing this now, they actually kind of even include that in the fact that, you know, he is grown up and now he is a, a he was a teenager and now he's a grown man who's gone through so much and people still look at him as if he was the same person he was as a teenager. Because he's still an ex-man. Emma Frost is only 27. Yeah, that doesn't seem right. Shifting timelines. I guess. Yeah, they're all supposed to be in the late 20s. That doesn't make any sense, but it's fine. Yeah, I mean, it's the same thing, like, when you look at the... Especially when now the, when Ben is bringing the uh, the young X-Men from the past into the future, or the present. You know, the, the, the difference in their ages should be much greater, honestly. Mm-hmm. But it's really not. Well, I mean... It's not like it's that far-fetched, she, but she, I don't know. She should really be in, like, her early 30s, just given, like, her personality and whatever. I mean, you're firmly an adult at at 27, but it just doesn't quite make sense to me. She acts older than, I don't know. She doesn't, it doesn't make sense to me. But whatever, who cares? It's a comic book. <laughs> this this woman's, This woman thinks at you and her hair light's on fire. Yeah, I, that. Jean Grey, Phoenix stuff. I don't know. Kind of tired of it at this point, but... Why is that? I, I mean, she's already killed, like, it, it, at a certain point, like, they confronted this in Avengers vs. X-Men in the dumbest way possible. Um, And that's really my main complaint about that event, is that not that what it did, but how it did it. But she has the Phoenix Force, and it has killed billions of people. Yeah, I mean, it blew up a planet that had mm-hmm. people. And, and, mm-hmm. and all, all sentient life, all dead. And at a certain point, just going, oh, she's got a handle on it, it's fine. Uh, that's a little, I mean, I don't, I don't think punching it to death is the problem, which is what they did in like Avengers vs. X-Men. They're like, hey, let's just punch for a while. Have Avengers and X-Men punch each other until the Phoenix Force works itself out. Um, I, I mean, I would rather have a kind of interesting, kind of more intellectual process involved with the Phoenix. Um, but, just have her have her walking around with it feels kind of crazy, and I don't, and they don't really ever they don't really eh, they kind of we'll see. I don't want to spoil any, so we'll just. Well, if we're about to read it next week, it's probably we can we can wait a week to talk. No, about it's it. not. Yeah, it's not. We're not gonna. It's you'll see. Um, but um, uh, I was gonna ask you uh the murder mystery, the the murder at the mansion, Emma dying and then being smelted back together by the mm-hmm. the phoenix. Um. Were you, did you think that was an effective mystery? Did you did you like it? It was okay, I guess. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I liked I liked seeing. Well, this is this is Bishop, right? Correct. Okay, and not the Terminator. Not the Terminator. Not the Terminator. I do get them confused. It, it, 
I don't know. I think it's silly to, to, I don't know. The, the whole beak angel thing is really kind of a little icky. Mm-hmm. So that it's resolved that way kind of doesn't endear me to it. And it's silly, ridiculous hand waving that she just melts her back together and she's fine. Mm-hmm. So it's like nothing happened. Except now there's weird bird babies one less, flying around. One less cuckoo. Yeah. Another one less. Shit, that happened here? Well, no, well, no, the, the one left, the one who was responsible. Okay, I was gonna say. No, the, the, the she had already died, the, the, mm-hmm. the, the fifth, but then the fourth left. So, there, now there's three. Which is, they stay three for a while. Yeah. Um, and I think I, that's the thing, like, I, I don't, there's, there is tension there. For the story, like you're really like, oh, who did kill mm-hmm. him? But I don't. They don't give enough time to yeah. the suspects and the, like the whole thing for you ever to get an idea of like, oh, it could be one of these many people. Mm-hmm. You just go, oh, it's not them, it's not them, it's not them, and and the fact that oh yeah, she's fine. Yeah, well, that was the whole thing from the beginning. I had, I mean, I I have the hindsight of knowing that yeah, she's not fucking dead. <laughs> So there was zero tension there. Yeah. No one's talking about, yeah, the White Queen dies in the sun. <laughs> but it doesn't happen. No. So you, I, I don't know. I didn't even think about it. It was probably the blandest part of this arc. Although I like weird computer woman. Sage. Mm-hmm. Bishop's sister, I think. Sister. I think really? So. Daughter? Okay. Related. They're related. I forget exactly how. I can tell you eventually, I'm sure. <laughs> I don't know. I'm not. It is it is exhausting to Google things. I gross Google. Gross Google. What did you think of all the the, the we've been exposed to that weapon plus and the web all that all that stuff before? Mm-hmm. You know, I can't Did here's the origin of it. It was good to see it. Yeah, it makes sense. I mean, it is a Grant Morrison idea. Mm-hmm. This giant place where they control time and they conduct experiments and then generations pass and they see how they goes and. It was a. Uh... It was certainly a fun arc. I liked seeing the backstory, and this is this is where he first tied Captain America and Nuke with Wolverine mm-hmm. and all of them. Yep. Yeah, which was a very interesting decision. I like it. Yeah. No, it's good. It's um, I mean, it's it's like the the book just takes an extra step into weirdness whenever Phantom X comes in. It's already weird, but it just gets so weird. Yeah, it kind of it goes way off of like, hey, this is the X Men at the thing at the at the, the academy. It's just now it's just like, hey, we're in labs, and a dude, a dude in glasses, red sunglasses, is assembling his own superhero team. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's it, and that's the there you go, the Grant Morrison kind of meta presence that he seems to certain in a lot of books is you know, you know, these guys were designed in like with names, and they're supposed to be superheroes. Like they have, like their comic. He's making his own comic book team. Mm-hmm. I, I'm really, I do really like uh, the the Weapon Fifteen. He looks so Kirby, like I can't stand it. <laughs> he does a lot, and I don't necessarily mean like he looks cur- like he looks so Kirby, and I can't stand him. But it's like Jesus Christ, how do, how how do you rip off Jack Kirby that hard? It's amazing. Really, is a cool character design though. And I, and I do like the idea that he is 
this killing machine is uh, mm-hmm. the first thing he does is not necessarily kill all the time. He's yep. thoughtful. Like that's it, he's such like a abstract thing. He wants to be a painter. Could have been. Mm-hmm. Could have been a painter. I probably paint some neat stuff with electric bolts coming out of your shoulders. He just looks at things and things get painted. Mm-hmm. That was a really goofy picture. Uh, uh, picture of Wolverine. It really is on the last the last page before he blows up outer space. <laughs> the satellite, yeah. Man, there are the, there are a lot of goofy pictures of Wolverine on this page. There's three of them. They're all incredibly goofy. Yeah, he looks really weird. He looks like Arseface in the next to last one. It's not a good thing. No, it's not. Never. You're looking like Arseface is never good. Very bad. Yeah. Have you seen the uh, promotional pictures of him yet from the Preacher set? No, are they horrifying? They're as horrifying as network television would allow, I guess. Mm. It's not bad. I think it's okay. Is it like uh, Tyrion Lannister's scarred face? More like the Hound kind of thing, where it's like... Okay. He's, yes, he's disfigured, but he's still not like he would be in the book. Mm-hmm. It, and uh, Cassidy looks kind of like hipster Cassidy, more like than... Than the '90s hipster cast. Yeah, he's he, they modernized it, I guess. And well, he he has I think he has an undercut or something. I haven't I haven't seen a what Jesse looks like though. They haven't released any Jesse pictures. What do you think about Zorn? Not Eric? enough Zorn. Not enough Zorn. Never enough Zorn. You got some Zorns. Some. Not the, enough. The rioted Xavier's. You got mostly most of it. I did not realize he was eight feet tall. That's pretty amazing. That makes Beast incredibly tall in this picture. Beast is a big guy. Clearly, he's got to be fucking nine or ten feet tall. That's kind of absurd. I'm not sure if they're entirely correct about Zorn being eight feet tall. I think they, they say eight feet tall, but you're correct. And it could be hyperbole. Uh, yes. Yeah. Hyperbole. I guess it's a hyperbole. <laughs> okay, that's good. That's that's extra good. I'm I'm super smart. Yeah. No, I I imagine. What do you think? Uh, Scott Summers is probably. He's probably about Matt's height. He's a tall guy, yeah. Yeah, he strikes me as a tall guy. He's yeah. Wolverine's like five four, I think. Yeah. Mm. Jean Grey's a tall, a tall lady. Yes. Probably like five eleven. Right. Wow, really? No. No. Compared to Scott, she's way shorter. Way shorter. Okay. But I mean, maybe she she is definitely tall. At least they seem to do her that way. I, I don't know. All this stuff is. So mutable. Yes, it changes. And they don't, they don't even really think it through. Like, I know a lot of, a lot of women on Tumblr were complaining about, like, the official, it's not, not wiki, but like the, the Marvel repository of stuff that, like, Carol Danvers was like, I don't know, she was like 5'11 and she weighed like 110 pounds and she looks like that. I don't know how anyone who's 5'11 could weigh 110 pounds. Yeah, that'd be. She she was something like really ridiculous. That's be a waif. Yeah, and she is. She's not. No, she's a, a a muscular lady. She punches people for a living. We've gone off on a tangent. It's a good tangent. <laughs> it is. It's not uh, bad. I, I I like this. Let's talk about the official height heights and weights of everyone in the Marvel universe. Mm-hmm. What's that's news? Everyone needs to know is how much Beak weighs. One thirty-five. It's really, it's really small. Well, he's a bird, so he had probably had. Yeah, he's got hollow bones. Hollow man. bones, yeah. Wow, he, he might even weigh less than that. He might. I, I mean, he's only part bird, so that's why I say that he's not full bird. Mm-hmm. He's part bird and part ugly. Yeah, that that is his other half. Mm-hmm. I feel bad for Beak. 
Yeah, because he's like that's terrifying. He's yeah, he does he gets kind of a rough rough uh shake mm-hmm. out of all this. Although I like you like you said, having just a mutant that all he is is a bird guy. And he's not even look he does it's not like it's not like Hawkman where you know he no. has lovely nice wings or angel even. It's very much like, hey, you look like a monster. Mm-hmm. This is like it, it, if there were real mutants, there would probably be a lot more beaks and less Jean Greys and Scott Summerses. Yeah, the more they've taught. I mean, the Morlocks or the 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 Chris Claremont a, a version of that, but they were never in the actual Academy. They were always hiding in the sewers. Mm-hmm. Like you do when you're hideous. Oh, Zorn. Sweet Zorn. What do you, what do you think about, do you notice any, you think there's any character change for Zorn as? I don't really pick up any. Okay. You know, it, it feels pretty static to me. What, what, what are your thoughts on that? I don't think you would say that unless you had some thinking. Well, it's not fair, I guess, because I know what's happening. Uh oh. But. So that was a loaded question. Kind of. I'm just curious if you notice anything. And I, and with the benefit of hindsight, I could see it, and I think you will too. Mm-hmm. Once you see what happens later on, but I'm, I just want to know you in the moment if you noticed anything. And I think it's good that you didn't. I think that's because it, that it kind of, if it's not evident now, but I, because I didn't think I saw, I don't think I saw it too the first time I read this. Mm-hmm. And then when I looked back, I'm like, oh, of course, I'm a dummy. It, well, not really. It, I think that's it's a very elegant storytelling and very subtle kind of ways. I I pick up on it on re- the reread. Are we talking about the scene in the woods? Yeah, I think that's where I, I think about it. Yeah. Hmm. Very interesting. But we'll you'll we'll, we'll. I'm looking forward to it because he is one of my favorite characters, and I get excited whenever he's on the page. No, he's really interesting. Yeah. I mean, there's hardly a character in this that I don't enjoy thoroughly. Like, I really like Quentin. I really like Zorn. I like Beak, honestly. No, I, I like Scott. I like Emma. Um, Frankly, Wolverine is the one that comes off the worst yeah, Wol- of it. Wolverine is not dynamic. Wolverine is like... Wol- Wolverine is like Slayer. You know? Yeah. Like, you know, they're, they're gonna come out, they're gonna play their Slayer song, it's gonna sound almost exactly like the other Slayer songs. I don't know, that's a weird metaphor, but I think that it's, that's what it is. Carrie King has tattoos and is bald. Yeah. That's not, it's not gonna change. You've seen Slayer, you know what they're like. like. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, they're not gonna, they're not gonna come out with a, uh, like a, a 70s funk album. No. You know, they're not going to come out with a a 43-minute long prog rock song. No, it's going to be five- and six-minute songs that sound like, you know, punching people. Yeah. And, well, I mean, I I just, I think it stands out in the end there. We'll just suddenly, like, being suicidal. Not really. Mm -hmm. I mean, he's not, he's practically unkillable. But uh, blowing up a space station. Yeah. Or you at least think that's what, you know, it's a big cliffhanger. No, he just pushed a button and it played a video of a space station blowing up. Yeah, exactly. Uh, that's, like, that's, that's how they dodge that. He's like, look at this simulation. Yeah. How realistic it is. This is one of America's funniest old videos. Next up, guy getting hit in the crotch. Yep. Burp. <laughs> Except it's Quentin Quire, so you think it's really funny. Quentin Quentin Quire's got the, uh, he's got the, 
modern hairdo, and this is back in he does. He's got. He early. totally has the undercut. He does modern early two thousands. Quentin was you know ahead of his time. Yeah, Xavier had the undercut too, but his spun out of control. <laughs> just kept going. <laughs> just just couldn't stop. There are some really gross X Men in this book. <laughs> I well, the guy made out of paraffin. Which one's that? The guy they, that melts. They light him on fire. Oh yeah, the 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 skeleton guy. Yeah. He's a little icky. I was talking, there's some dude who's covered in purple boils. It's really gross. <laughs> Grant Morrison described him. Okay, he's a, he's a purple guy, and he's, he's, he looks, you know, like he's got boils all over. Mm-hmm. Grant quietly says, alright, I'll draw that. I can't do accents, fortunately. It's probably best that you don't attempt it. <laughs> no, probably best. Emma looks good as a redhead. Not no issues about the sexy women looking gross weirdness. At least. Thankfully, yeah that that not is, not as not as much as that one illustration. Yeah, it was a little a little grody. When yeah, especially I mean yeah, it did not did not hit the mark with that it was going for. Mm-mm. But this it actually communicates that delivers it. Anything else you want to discuss here? I'm running. I think I'm I've run out for this week at least. I know this has been a. Quick discussion, it seems like. We've been going for about a half hour. Mm-hmm. That's about right. I think it's amazing how vertical Cyclops' head is in these books. He is slim. He's got a he's got a, a head shaped like a like a tall boy. I cannot come up with a pun, so I am thoroughly disappointed. I was trying, I couldn't think Well, I think you've punked me. Now I can't think of it. I can't I can't pun myself. I'm sure I'll tweet it tomorrow in the middle of the night. <laughs> Nothing like remembering, you know, 36 hours later about the thing you're trying yeah. to come up with. I think the, there's a French uh, saying for it that translates to the wisdom of the staircase. Like when you think of something snarky to say about a conversation that you had, you know, 10 minutes ago or like an hour ago. I like that. Well, I like this yearbook. Yeah, it's good. I, I'm I still enjoy it. I'm excited to talk about the the ending, the thrilling conclusion. It gets a little weird. A little weird, huh? Yeah. I remember when I first read it. I think my reaction was, "Wait a second, did I miss something? Did I skip an issue or something?" <laughs> nope, just weird. We'll discuss it next week, though. Well, I hope Phantom X is all over it because that's he makes everything weird. I can't remember how much Phantom X is in the last few of this. We'll find out. I think you would, if it, he's probably not in it that much. Probably not. Um, but yes, next week we are, uh, discussing the last two trades, uh, of this. It is, uh, only, let's see, nine issues, 146 through 154, uh, covering the final two trades of the Grant Morrison New X-Men. And I'm excited to talk about it. Um, with that, I think we can wrap it up. Wrap it up. What are, you, what are you doing? I'm a rapper. No, you're not. You can <laughs> you can stop making things into a hip hop. <laughs> exactly. Uh, we are the Handsome Boys Comics Hour. You can find us at handsomeboyscomicshour.com. Uh, everything you need is there. All the links and uh, episodes and all that, of course. Uh, you can find us on iTunes or uh, or Stitcher or anywhere else you can uh, listen to podcasts. Hey, you're listening to podcasts right now. You know where to find them. 
uh, wherever you do listen to us, please subscribe and give us a five-star review. It really helps us out. Helps new people find us. We really appreciate it. Um, let's see. We're on Facebook, facebook.com slash Hour. Twitter at HBCHour. Email us, handsomeboyscomics at gmail.com. You can find me on Twitter at MixmasterSerial. It's M-I-X-M-A-S-T-R-C-R-E-A-L. Eric, where can find you online? Hmm. Well, you can see my portfolio by going to freewillunlimited.com. And all of the things I get up to online are neatly collected at ericzgoodnight.com. And you can tweet at me at Mr. Bad Example, spelled M-R, Bad Example. Bladow. Bladow. Yes. Pop, pop. That, 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 uh, that takes me back. So with that, folks, we'll call it a day. Have a good one. Rock and roll.